Good morning, it's yours truly, your favorite entertainer, the black image, baby, the black image, the black image. Wow, 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 what what a start of the week. What an end of the week last night. Oh, man, listen, I want to just start off by just saying happy birthday to all you beautiful people. We celebrated this week, Mercedes Pirano, happy birthday, sweetheart. Yeah, we love you. Give, give Mercedes a round of applause, man. She is just by far one of the most diva-like and she is a diva all day, every day. She's a diva. Make sure you guys get the Mercedes Ferrano page and just, you know, send her a quick happy birthday. We celebrated her last night. Uh, actually, we've been celebrating her all week. <laughs> quite, quite a few people this week we've been celebrating. But uh, life is always, um, you know, life is always something to be thankful for. The things that we engage, the people that we meet, the places that we go, the, the experiences that we have. It's always, give me one second, I have feedback coming in here. There we go. Yeah, how about we do that? Just mute you all together. Yeah, so um, life, is all, life is always something to be thankful for. It's always something to be grateful for. So whenever you meet people, 
you know, you find out that that clique that you run with, that 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 you know that that people people that you can connect with, that you guys have the same interests in, you guys can you can travel together, you can go distant places, you can create memories, you can you know blend your families, you can fall in love. When you get that, you know, it's to celebrate that. It's something that is just in us. And honestly, you know, I, I have to say that's that those are things about life that I just love. I love seeing people celebrate their life. Celebrating being here again, you know, just being hanging out, you know, being around, you know, having children and watching them grow up. The things that we all have in common, man, it's just, it's, I, I love life. I love life. And that's why I want to discuss this morning life in the ghetto. Because life for everyone is not the same. The, 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 the skill sets that we have to use in order to make it from point A to point B is not the same. It's not, it's not the same as growing up when resources are always there. It's not the same as growing up when you have both parents in the household. It's very important. I mean, key elements of a house. Growing up in the ghetto, it's not the same situation. It's like every time I watch a, a clip of a, every, every time I watch television or something where people have a problem, everyone has the answer to that problem. And when I'm thinking about like everyone who's, uh, who's providing advice for that problem, it's, it's, it's interesting how they, they only provide advice from their experience in life. They never really consider the bigger picture. So when I see, let's say, poverty for, for, for that matter. Poverty in a neighborhood where the resources are just not there. Opposed to poverty in a neighborhood where the next town over, that may be full of resources that you can maybe get some breadcrumbs. Then poverty on the terms of, I guess, on a billionaire scale, Poverty when you're in a, a neighborhood where it's, you know, just, the, again, resources versus non-resources. When you have an educational system where all of the teachers are Ivy League graduates instead of, like, you know, guidance, you know, and I know, like, every, every, all of the resources are there. And you're trying to navigate. You're trying to, you're trying to build your life. You're trying to want what's being advertised on television. How do you get from point A to point B? Having a car is, is like, essential to life. But when you're in the ghetto, how do you afford a car? Comfortably. Comfortably. Because not only if you can get a nice job in a ghetto, if you can get a nice job in a ghetto, you now have to fight against everyone who don't have a nice job in the ghetto, who can't get their kids nicer things. But, you know, to think that you could just get a job and then all of a sudden you can just pack your family up and then just move out, it's just not intellectually honest. It's just not there. You have to consider the full scope. You get a great job. You start being able to afford nice things, but you got to stay put. You got to build your account so that you can get enough for your family and move out. But what happens when along the way you discover things that make life a little easier for you? That you understand that money creates more money. You understand that you know having available, having things available at your at your disposal makes life a little bit easier. So what happens when you upgrade a few appliances? When you up instead of instead of cooking on a crock pot. Instead of cooking on one of those stovetop um, uh, electrical stoves, you can actually afford a stove. What if, what if once you start increasing and expanding, what are you, what are you faced with now? You're now faced with a scenario where it's a neighborhood of don't haves are watching you have while you're trying to build. Your plan is to build, but then what happens? Someone comes in, someone rips you off, they, they, rob, your, they rob your house. I mean, life in the ghetto is really designed to somehow keep you stranded right there in the ghetto. Being, having, having, having available resources, having, you know, um, you know having, having a society where there's no potholes everywhere, there's no, no graffiti everywhere. I mean, life in the ghetto, it's not the same. It's not the same. Seeing, attacking problems, uh, treat, getting, uh, addressing life when you're from the ghetto is not the same. Seeing things is not the same. Surviving is not the same. I was um, speaking to my neighbor not long ago, and you know we were discussing how I'm like it's interesting how I, I believe your sons will never see a third of the things that I've seen as a child. When I by the, by the time I was their age, like the things that I that I've seen in the ghetto, the things as I grew up, the things that I seen in the ghetto. By the time I was their age, I mean. It's, it's almost like I feel like I was drafted into the, uh, into the military. You know, some things are just, it's, it's a way of life that just makes you have to hustle everything. <laughs> like, everything is a hustle. 
taking the garbage out. It's a hustle because you got to make it there with a bit. You know, some, it's just a hustle. Everything in the ghetto is a hustle. It's always trying to figure out how to do this at the expense of that. Then you dig yourself a hole, having how, how to dig yourself out of that hole. Like, it's so interesting, like, life in the ghetto. And then I think about my neighbors and their kids, how they get to play out in the front yard. They, have, they don't have to worry about drive-bys. They don't have to worry about, you know, constant police intimidation up and down the street. They don't have to worry about that. They don't have to worry about their bikes being snatched out of their front yard. They don't have to worry about that. We have neighbors who are just always out on the look for any kind of BS that's taking place. They don't have to worry about that. They are protected. They're protected. But then I think, these same young men, what is the perception of anyone outside of that bubble? What, what is that perception? And, and, and then they go in life thinking a certain way. And when there's an issue, they solve that issue based off of this way of, of, of living. Now, when I look at them and I see um, you know, kids in the same neighborhood, I remember this one young man not, not long ago, he, he fell and his parents just ran over that like lightning speed to go and, uh, and, and save him. Oh my gosh, Jimmy, are you okay? And he just was like, yeah, just whining and crying. And I mean, this was the end of the world because he fell. And as I'm walking by, I'm like, okay, I don't see any skin broken on him. I, I, I don't see, I, I, what the, okay, what is all this drop, just drama for? And I'm thinking like when we grew up, if we fell like that, mama would sit down on the porch. You dead? No. Are you bleeding? No. Get up, wipe yourself off, and keep on playing. It builds up a certain kind of you know, attitude in you to know that you have to be able to make it how you make it. My mom once told me one thing. If, if I'm not around, what do you do? And we didn't have an answer for it. She got frustrated because her, her, her answer she was looking for is you keep going. And she did the same thing. She tested us. We, we, we walked down the street, and then as we were walking down the street, she just kept fading off into the background. Kept fading off into the background. And eventually, we were like a block ahead of her. And we looked back, and she's like, I told you. You didn't even know I was right there with you until, uh, excuse I was, I was with you for a little bit. And then when I started to venture off, you didn't even know the difference. But you just kept going. And but when we found out that she wasn't there, we looked back. And we was like, Mama, what is wrong with you? She said, well, what do you do? She said, you just keep going. So it's certain lessons in the ghetto that we have to le we learn quicker. Not saying that's the, um, that's the case in, every, every time, but... I mean, it's the case. In some, in some cases, it's in my experience. You know, it's my experience. So, anyway, what are you guys talking about? What's going on, Naisha? Naisha Lucas, what's happening? What's going on, Chrissy? What's going on, Elvira? Sean, Pedro, what's going on, man? Good seeing you last night. Sylvia, what's happening? Belle, Red Lady, D-Fat, what's going on, people? What's going on? We are talking about life in the ghetto. Can anybody relate to life in the ghetto? I can think of so many scenarios. So many different situations that, you know, life in the ghetto would put you in in comparison to life in the suburbs or life in the middle class. You know, I could, I could, I could think of so many scenarios. But what, do, what, is you guys, what are you guys' um, experience uh, in the ghetto? What is our perception of it? Like, is your, is your perception of the ghetto only what you see on television? Or do you truly understand what ghetto life is? Do you truly understand, like, when people claim I'm a hood person, like, do you understand what that means? Like, to, to hear I'm a hood person, that's like a call of war because the things that you've seen, the things you had to do in order to make it from point A to point B are just sometimes scandalous. They're illegal. I mean, they're just, you know, it's just sometimes heartless. You can't have a spine when you're talking about ghetto life. I'm a hood person. Understanding, I, have I got to get this? I got to get it. If it's at your expense, it's at your expense. You'll get over it. You'll be all right. Man, understand hood life, when someone says that, it's not, it's, it's not something to take lightly. So my question is, when you guys think of hood life, what's happening, Sarah? What's going on? Good morning. When you guys understand hood and you say, well, I'm from the ghetto, I'm from the hood, or I'm from a lower income, or my family didn't have this or that, do you truly understand, excuse me, do you truly understand what that means with people who are from that neighborhood? Life in the ghetto. Life in the ghetto. Uh, every, so what is, what, what is your, what is your guys' experience? Anyone have anything to say about their experience with life in the ghetto? Anything? So, you know, I mean, I, I always, um, I always think about how I, I was thinking about if life was, well, let, let, let me put it like this. 
I look at a lot of kids in my neighborhood now, and I always just compare their ages to mine when, as I was growing up in comparison to theirs. And I just wonder, what is it about their life that would be so much different if they knew what I knew, if they seen what I seen? What would, what would, be, what would be their perception on life? Like, how would they see their neighbor? Like, how, how would that whole thing, how would that whole thing, you know, fill up? Like, what, what, would, what would influence these children? if they were to see what I was to see in person and not in the media? How, 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 would, how, would, like, how would people, I don't, I don't get it. When I think of these, when, okay, put it like this. When I think of these kids and they grow up, they get to college and they get a great job and then they get to the coffee machine and they sit around the coffee machine and they get to talking about how they grew up in life. Then let's just say they get to Hollywood, and, but they, their story would never be, I survived the ghetto. Their story would never be, you know, I grew, I, I, made, I made it out of the slums of the ghetto. I, I, th that would never be their story. Their struggle is I made it. I mean, I, I would never imagine their life or in, at any point in their life they're saying, wow, I've made it out of the suburbs. <laughs> I, I survived the streets of Beverly Hills. Man, oh, man, boy, I, put, I, I really got life going on, man. I, I, could never, I could never imagine sitting at a around a coffee machine and listening to someone who's having grown up, like my son. My son has not grown up in a ghetto. So I can imagine in 20 years when he's sitting around a coffee machine, like I, I, I would imagine him saying, man, you know, <laughs> like I survived Nutley. <laughs> like that, that's not the, the skill sets that he, he would have to, the, the skill sets that he would need, that hustle mentality, that go get it attitude, that certain, that, certain that's, that, that, that the element of being just resourceful he would never be able to get that because a lot of things that I had to hustle for, I had to be creative around, he, I, he, he just gets pretty much at his disposal. So, again, life in the ghetto, how we perceive life, they would never have that, like people who grew up in the suburbs would never have that story of surviving the ghetto. However, people in the ghetto, they, they address life differently. We see life through a different set of lenses. You know, we interact with um, police officers differently. Like, I can imagine my son interacting with police officers now, opposed to my upbringing and me interacting with police officers now. Like, every time I see one, it's like I, I clinch up. And depending on what they raise and their the gender, I clinch up. Because I don't want to be misunderstood, but I know there's a heavy chance of me being misunderstood. Now, if my son, growing up in this cocoon, that he never has that experience, his only experience is through television, Whenever he sees the police officer, it may not ever make him feel uncomfortable. But he, he may not definitely inherit what I feel, you know. Anyway, guys, what's going on? Naisha Lucas, what's happening? I think they will look at us differently. Yes. If, if, if you truly, if anyone, it's like they have this thing called scared straight. Now, in scared straight, they allow kids who think they're hard, who think they have the know-how, who think they have the answers, to visit a prison. Well, you really have to, like, you got to get it how you get it. Now, in a prison, it's all those rules. Everything we operate on here in public, in the free, <laughs> all those rules are gone, man. They allow these kids who think they're big and bad to visit a prison. And once they visit a prison, they scare their ass straight. But everyone who thinks they has the answers for how to heal the ghetto, how to, how to heal trailer parks, everyone who thinks they can somehow fix broken thinking, Spend a day or two in the ghetto. And I'm not talking with no camera crew. I'm not talking with protection. No, 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 no. Walk down the street at a certain time. Wear the wrong colors. Walk a certain way. Holler at the wrong girl. Like, do one thing out of place in the ghetto. It's, I'm telling you, when you think you have the know-how to fix a broken neighborhood, spend some time there. Stop, 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 stop trying to govern from the outside. Life in the ghetto is different, and it's very historical. Now, we have a comment from Bell Taylor come in saying, people would be more empathetic towards one another. Yes, we would. What's going on, Mendoza? What's happening? What's going on, Madeline? What's, what's going on, guys? Great to see you guys this weekend. A lot of parties, a lot of birthdays. Happy birthday to everyone. All right, so listen, yeah. I'm telling you, if you think you have the answer to, 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 these, to, these, uh, to, to these problems, I'm telling you right now. You must spend some time there. The life in the ghetto is, 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 is not the same. It's not, 
It's, it's, it's safety rules. It's, it's um, boundaries. It's, it's, it's colors. It's clothes. It's, it's, it's constituents. It's, it's so much. It's so many things that. It's so many factors that can influence your survival in the ghetto. If you don't grow up in that area, if you don't know, then it's, it's really difficult. And from the outside, you can say, oh, that's sad. You know, why don't, why don't people just do this? Or why don't people just do that? You got to understand, when you are an infant and you only have the ghetto to grow up in, you got to understand, you know, I mean, we can, we can, I don't have, I only have an hour, but we can definitely talk about how the, how, how the ghetto or the uh, a hood or a lower income neighborhood, how, how those neighborhoods are generated and how this, this is an element of how they are uh, meant to be, how, they, how, how those type of economies stabilize actually the economy. That's like the safety net. It has a stability concept to it and it must remain that way. So we can talk about that, but right now, just, just operating as it is. Being from that area, seeing things the way it is, like understanding the need, the need to live, the need to live, the need to survive, and having to at some point figure out a way to do it, but under the radar. Because there's no one in the ghetto saying, go do the thing, dude. Go, I mean, excuse me, go do the best you can. They all saying it, but there's no one that's willing to get behind it and support it. So you gotta understand. Having a life in the ghetto opposed to life outside of the ghetto is not the same. So whenever you find someone who have made it from the ghetto, understand that is a strong person. That is a very strong person because the loopholes, the, the hurdles, I mean, the, I mean, the things that you have to do in order to navigate and also blend in. And at some point, save up just enough where you can finally just inch your way out of things. Because, again, there's a lot of people who say, keep going. But, it's, but to be honest about it, not many people are really, really uh, down for your success because your success meaning they get to watch you while they still sit in here and struggle and survive. So uh, Naisha Lucas says life in the ghetto is rough. It is, a, it is a survival mentality. It is absolutely a survival mentality, man. It is, it is completely a survival mentality. So, I mean... I'm trying to think of, um, I mean, help me out, guys. When you think about survival, and, and, and again, in the most Hollywood sense, that's, again, that's great. It's prepared in the Hollywood manner. But when you are talking about true survival, true life in the ghetto, walking down the street could be deadly. It's like I, I literally feel like when I was growing up, and then that I look at a lot of animal and nature um, uh, videos, and when I think of how um, a groundhog or uh, a wild boar or, you know, just some animal is just minding their business, eat, you know, eating grass, you know, you know, playing in the trees, and then all of a sudden some animal just come out and chew their ass up just like that. I'm, I remember these, uh, these, these birds, they, were, they, had, they had just had kids. You know, and, and they, they went out to get some food, and in the middle of them getting food, an eagle came and killed them. And I'm like, wow. Now those babies, you know, either if, if they're going to either, I don't know their chances of living at this point. But again, life just has that way of just changing. Like, and so living in the ghetto is very similar to now nature, how you and your friends can be outside playing. And just somehow be the victim of crossfire, just like that. Going to the, the corner store, and somehow you never seen that person again. I remember this young man, he was very, very good at football. I mean, this guy, I was jealous of him. I, was, <laughs> I, wanted, I literally wanted to have, to have his skill set as a running back. And at 15, just doing his normal, just coming to school, got shot, got shot. Everything, I mean, I can imagine his, I mean, he had promise. I can imagine his family with, 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 the, um, with hopes and dreams of having him going to the NFL or, or doing, and just, he gets shot. Everything's over with. Everything. Life in the ghetto is not, it's different. But again, when I think of these neighborhood kids, when I look at them now, and I see how they can, they, 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 it's almost like they're guaranteed to see each other the next day. It's like they're guaranteed to have a great, a great time in school. They're guaranteed to have great drivers around them. They're guaranteed to have these things. They're comfortable. They're relaxed. 
They're not looking over their shoulders every time. They're not thinking, okay, I have no interest in criminal behavior. No interest, but somehow I'm feeling like I'm a criminal all the time. You know, they have no interest in that. They, have, they don't have to grow up with those kind of circumstances. Life in the ghetto is not the same. We have Naisha Lucas. It's shootings every night. It's fights every day. It's having to be with a clique. It's watching your back. Life in the ghetto is not the same. A lot of times, when we're talking life in the ghetto, we're talking about the need for money and knowing that the only thing that puts us in a compatible arena is if you get a lot of money and sometimes we don't have time to learn all you need to get that lot of money really fast because again the educational system is broken most of the teachers are all jacked up most of them all high most of them are just they don't really take it serious they just better collect the check the state's going to pay for them why not just teach whatever they want to teach there's no, there's, no, there's no real economic repair plan. There's no real plan to get anyone coming through this school system to the, next, to the next level. They're just trying to get you from sixth grade to seventh grade. Once you get to seventh grade, you ain't no problem no more. I got to just deal with this new batch of kids. Which one I got to be upset at all year, all year long? You know? So the educational system is broken. So that's nothing that's to inspire the youth to really go for. Uh, and if there are, again, it's all just mouth, mouth service. It's no, it's no real efforts behind it. Life in the ghetto is a, you have to really just be a hustler in everything. So when you think about how to get money, when you think about how to, um, how to survive, how to get those, those essential things in your household, those essential elements to keep a household running, safety, when you think of entertainment, you think of, I mean, you have kids, I mean, all of these things you have to manage. You think about that. You think about this. The only way sometimes to make this whole thing work is to get money real quick. So what, what do we do? We resort to selling drugs, resort to stealing and, uh, and, 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 and you know, selling off for a higher price. Money means everything. Any way you can get it, any means, any methods you can get it, it creates a dog-eat-dog dog attitude. I'm talking, I don't give a fuck about you. I don't give a fuck about you. I care about me. I mean, God, dog, life in the ghetto is nothing to play around with. It's not the same. It's not the same. That's why jails and the ghettos are so similar. Survival of the fittest. Now, yes, I've been, I've been on the streets and also been in jail. And looking at both of those dynamics, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like to be on either one of them. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really trying to stay as far away from both of them as possible. But being in jail, it's a whole man. It's a whole different thing. It's a whole different thing. And honestly, if I could just take this moment to speak into the younger generation, jail is not a place to be glorified. I mean, whenever, you know, you reach a certain age, you know, that tough man mentality, honestly, what, what, what does all that mean? What, what is all that for? I mean, true, true toughness. It's not really shown on the surface of your life. It's just, if, if you're a tough person, you could just be a tough person. But glorifying this jail Somehow, I did this much time in the pen, and I did this much. Like, you're glorifying getting caught. Like, I, I've never known some, I've never known, like, that is true mental, like, damage to a person who can sit around and glorify being in jail, glorify doing time, like, like to glorify that, to, to brag on being a criminal, to brag on being, being someone who just evade the law at all, co all costs, but then brag on getting caught. Like, I don't, I don't get that. Where did we get that from? That's nothing to glorify. Because prison life is nothing. I, it's like you can always assume, just even by Hollywood, just looking at a lot of these television shows, you can always assume. But until you've actually been in there, I'm not with cameras. I'm talking your ass locked up. You are part of the rotation. Those COs treat you like everybody else there. You got other inmates who, in that, who just got other kind of criminal things going on, who, who, who have way less to lose than you. And you, you are in there. I'm not talking about criminal. I'm not talking about being in a prison from an outside perspective. I'm talking about in there. <laughs> Your ass is in there. When you see it from that end, glorifying is not something that I would advise. It's not something that I would advise. But you got to keep in mind, keep in mind, guys, keep in mind. 
when it comes down to manhood, that's the one thing that the, the Bible says. It says, when I was a child, I thought like a child. I acted like a child. I reasoned as a child. But when I became a man, I put those childish things behind me. As a man, as a man who's from the ghetto, as a man who's seen life from a ghetto perspective and I've seen it from a suburban perspective, I've had many family members who were, like, we were kind of scattered in. They had all kind of neighborhoods that they, they resided in. I was able to experience life in all of them. Now, being in a certain neighborhood myself, I see life a certain way. You arrive to a certain point in manhood where you have to accept who you are. You arrive at a certain point in manhood where you have to just establish yourself. You got to steal things that are important. When, when, when you are glorifying the streets and you have a family, then that just means your priorities are just not in place. When you, when you, as a man, when you have a family, even being in the ghetto, there's a certain response, there's a certain level of whatever, whatever chemicals are supposed to build up in a man when he looks back at his son and he says, okay, I'm driven by a certain nature now to make sure that we're living in today's day and I got to get this boy to a certain point that I can sit back and be proud of him. I can sit back and just smoke my cigar and just know that, yes, my family, my bloodline is different now. When you get to a certain point in life as a man, as a man, you have to be able to prioritize things and understanding glorifying the streets, glorifying the ghetto, holding on to past hurts, holding on to past, past, past connections that just didn't work out, holding on to those things, governing your life by those things. It's just something you have to put away with. That's childish thinking. That is childish thinking. I would, I would never forget sitting across from someone and just seeing him tell me how they have no problem going to jail, how they have no problem doing dirt. And I'm thinking, how many children do you have? Like, you don't think they deserve you? You don't have, how about, how about I have no problem putting them forth a better example for this young man? How about I have no problem, you know, changing the course of my, my children's life? Changing the course of their life because I'm going to lay a different foundation from what was given to me. I mean, come on. Sacrifice must be made as a man. Sacrifice. So it's a point we get to as in, in manhood where even though you're, you're from the ghetto, you're under no obligation to maintain that ghetto neighborhood. I mean, yes, have the ghetto attitude as a draw four in your back pocket. Yes, cool. But you have no obligation to be loyal to the streets. You have no obligation. The streets are just something, life in the ghetto is not something that a child has control of. If you're just born there and you got to just deal with it, you get one life. One life, Jack. One life, Mark. We get one life. And you cannot, ex you cannot keep life, you cannot keep holding life hostage because it's not, it hasn't been fair to black people. You can't keep holding life hostage because it's not fair to your, to your mother or father. You can't just keep holding life hostage. At a certain point, you got to be like, listen, this is what I have. This is the cards that I'm dealt with. Yes, we got the history there. Yes, there's slavery. Yes, there's this. Yes, there's Yes, all of those things are true. They're, those are facts. But we can't keep holding life hostage, holding on to these things, glorifying the dumbest things. They don't mean us glorifying the streets. Glorifying banging guns and busting zip downs, glorifying those things. Come on, man. We don't have to do that anymore. We don't have to do that. We have now this internet. We can, we, we can move differently. We have the internet. We have, I mean, yes, life in the ghetto is harder, but you have the internet. Jobs can be looked at, jobs can be posted. I mean, there's a bus stop on every corner. I mean, I mean there's means and methods. I mean, we're not, we don't have to hear about, we don't have to look at warning ads, warning ads. We don't have to look through the, 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 the papers anymore to circle out jobs. We don't have to research like that. We have available resources now to help us dig our way out of things and be systematic with it. But how do, how do we get from point A to point B? So let me try to see if I can do the best I can and... For those who want a lifestyle outside of the ghetto, I, I'm very open and very candid with my lifestyle, how I was raised and things like that, the things I was exposed to. But if I could give anyone who's listening this, this somehow a, a, some, some, some type of diagram on how to make it out of the ghetto, I'm going to do my best to try to use my life to see if I can somehow inspire you to think differently, to do things differently, to navigate your way just differently. And the, the, the first thing I want to say, is be aware of everything happening around you. Always be aware of everything happening around you. Never relax. Never relax. And that's just something that I think naturally you'll build. 
live, live, living in the ghetto, that's something that just naturally will happen that way. And this is not only for people in the ghetto. This is also for corporate America. This is also for just when you walk, uh, women when you walk on the subways, when, you, when you're out late at night. Be aware of everything around you. No one comes into your presence, my belief, by chance. Every person you see walking down the street, all of those things are by chance. There's sometimes you're being watched, and you don't even know you're being watched. I mean, come on, as a dancer, I know. <laughs> you know, you just, just be aware of everything around you. Only deal, only take calculated risk. I'm talking, if there's a chance that something can take place, really think this thing through. Don't just go off the cuff and just, just do, no, think things through. Because when you think, when you think of survival, survival got to be, you got to think about all of the dangers, all of the nuances, all of the potholes, all of the dead ends, all of the traps, all, all of the, you got to think about all of those things. And sometimes it's not a linear path. You really got to be more abstract in the approach with life. Think about everything. Put yourself first. Before you put anyone else, before you can help anybody, you put yourself first. And when I say put yourself first, I'm talking about anyone who represents you, anyone under your wing. If you are a man, you have children, you have a wife, guess what? When you put them first, that is putting yourself first. Put yourself first. For a lot of you guys who are out there, you, you, you have your best friends, you got your side chicks. Listen, best friends and side chicks always come, always come out the family. Always come out to putting yourself first, putting those kids first, putting that wife first, putting that household first, putting the mechanics first. Everything that organizes your life as a man, you are put to put that first. Life in the ghetto. To make it out of the ghetto, put yourself first. Think bigger. Connections. When you do connect with someone, connect with street savvy people. Connect with people who just know that's not a good area. Listen, they own some old bullshit over there. Listen, let's not even go to that area. Listen, having an ego is great, but listen, knowing how to manage that joke is even better. Don't get, don't get so caught up when, when someone step on your shoes, you know where it's disrespectful. Cool. Yo, you gonna let them punk you out like that? Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna let them punk me out like that. Oh, man, I can't roll with you. You can roll with me. But I'm not gonna sit there and fight somebody and lose myself because a dude stepped on my shoes. I can put these in the washer. Well, we ain't got washing machines. Okay, cool. We had toothbrushes. And we take our toothbrush and we just scrub the, we scrub all that dirt, all that out of there, because I'm not going to sit here and fight some dude and get a big-ass black eye because he stepped on my shoes or he had a niche on his shoulder. Understand, hang with people who speak life into you. Hang with people who are street savvy, who, who, who don't have that, who, who, who has that management with their ego, whereas they only use it when they absolutely have to. And this is not one of them cases. Now, and in the case where you, you, you did the one stepping on the shoe and the guy just don't want to let up, Hey, man, listen, I didn't do it on purpose, all right? I, I, I really didn't come outside to step on your shoe. But if you're going to take it personal, hey, you know, I'm about that life too. In that case, you got to understand, you have to be able to do what you got to do. But understand, roll with people who have your back, who have the same interests in mind. But again, it's my advice. Anytime you connect with anybody, it is my advice. Always stay close enough to say hello, but always remain far enough to say goodbye. Because... Everyone who starts with you, they will not end with you. Everyone has their own story. When, you, when, when, when I advise someone to think about themselves first, you got to understand, people, the people that you're connected to, they're thinking about themselves first as well. So always stay close enough to, to people to say hello, but far enough away from them to say goodbye. You know, having an open-door policy with your life, you know, it's actually nothing wrong with that because people leave pieces, and if you are very good and very, cre and very creative, you can take those pieces and, and build a whole, a whole world for yourself to operate in, you know? You know, people always talk about, I don't want to be around negative energy, this, that, and the other. I'm like, I don't get it. Like, what is wrong, what is wrong with negative energy? And you, if, if you're a jacked-up person, you're just a jacked-up person. Are you afraid that having a negative person around you, that all of a sudden you'll start thinking negative? No. How about, if, how, how about you influence people more? How about your personality be stronger? Or why do you let people in your space that can influence you emotionally anyway? Like, if that's the way you feel, okay, that's the way you feel. I, in, I embrace negative energy. I embrace it. I sit back and I look at it like a stage play. Like, wow, you're doing all this for what? All this drama. Okay, cool. That, that's cute. All right, fine. That's cool. Every now and then, look, it's up under my skin. Yeah, that's some fucked up shit you said. But, you know, nonetheless, it's interesting. Again, rolling with people who have a sense of 
a sense of survival, and they have common interests in mind, and that's making it out of the ghetto. Again, I can paint the scenario many times over. I can give you one scenario after the next after the next, but surviving the ghetto is not the same. Surviving the ghetto is something that you really have to, it has to be instinctual. And those instincts, they somehow will kick in later in life if you are survive it, if you are able to survive it. You know, being resourceful, like not being lazy. You can never, ever, ever be lazy. Always thinking ahead. Always think ahead. Always be the next step above. Always think, okay, if that's the smartest one, I got to be smarter than this person. I have to, you got you to be quicker than that person. You got to be stronger than that person. Always use life. And these people who come through your life and leave these, and, and, and leave these little impressions on you, always take this to build a great scenario for yourself. Use life and use the tools that life gives you and make the best for We all have the capacity to design our own life. Like, if you're trying to get out of the ghetto, I'm telling you, you have, you have to hear me out when I say this. You have to hear me. Design it. Use every opportunity that comes, whether it's negative energy, whether it's positive energy, whether it's okay energy. I don't care. Use every angle you have to create that life for yourself. Because life in the ghetto, it just creates a whole new dynamic to living. A whole new dynamic to living. What we got, Sammy, yo? Emmanuel, Ernesto, what's, good on, what's going on, Mark? Gina, what's happening, guys? We are talking about life in the ghetto. Surviving a ghetto. Surviving a ghetto. Surviving a trailer park. Surviving, surviving arguments. Surviving fights. Surviving houses catching on fire. You know, surviving... You no know, kids disobeying their parents, surviving, you know, disappointment, surviving life in the ghetto. With death, it's like the best friend of every neighbor. When, people, when, 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 when in the ghetto, that's one thing that a lot of parents have in common. You sit around a table and you talk about how your kinfolk got killed. Let me think about this. You sit around the table and talk about who died and how they died. And if it's not your house, well, I'll do one better. If ever you have a house full, at least 70 to 80% of the people in that house who came as a visitor had a, had a death in the family. 70%. Life in the ghetto, death is like the best friend of every neighbor. Everyone has a story. Everybody. Everyone has a story of someone getting robbed. Everyone has a story of someone having to drive a drive back. Everyone has a story of a, of a corner store, a corner store scenario. I mean, we go into corner stores and they got bars on the window. You know, I mean, they, you, you just you, you, it's it's life in the ghetto. It's different. It's different. You see guys jumping out of windows when husbands get home. You see these things. You, you see people smashing in cars in, in vacant parking lots. You see these things. You, I mean, you, 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 you see guys fighting over, over the same ratchet-ass girl. You see these things. You, know, you see judgment happening left and right. You see court taking place on the street right then and there. You, know? you see these things. Life in the ghetto is not the same. It's not the same. And I don't understand how... When, 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 when you, you go to a ghetto and when you, when, you, when, you, when you live and you see the way they operate, I don't understand why we glorify something like that. I don't understand why this is something that we, like, I'm a, like that, that hood attitude. That's not, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know how to heal from that because for some people that's a way of life. That's all they know. That's all they, that's all they will ever be. You know, to them, McDonald's is the creme de la creme, you know? The ghetto life, ghetto life, man. Police patrol the streets, crazy. They roll up on you, they assume, and they know you can't pay for lawyers. They know you don't have a lot of, um, you know. I mean, chances are you don't have a lot of money. Chances are you don't. So they they treat you differently. And I always I've always looked at this thing very pragmatic. And I always wondered, like in the town that I live in, I don't think we have any black officers, but yet we have, you know, white officers all through black neighborhoods. When I look at a lot of these black, black neighborhoods, and then I'm seeing how they have like white aldermen, they have white councilmen, they have white senators representing black neighborhoods, and I, I don't understand that. I don't understand that. I'm like, dude, it's not. And, and then to, to, to kind of branch off, when you have these, these white 
councilmen, these white aldermen, and these white senators governing black neighborhoods, and the black neighborhoods are still horrible. But then they take, okay, well, statistically, blacks are much worse off after President Obama. It's like they're prescribing you, uh, uh, it's right now we've been prescribed a method of things that just doesn't work. Like, it's like, it's almost like you're giving us this avenue that we're hopeless. Okay, you had a black president, and your black, your economically, black people just didn't progress. We're, we're, we're worse off. Okay, cool. But in every last one of our black neighborhoods, we have white councilmen, white senators representing us, and the neighborhoods are still horrible. What are you looking at? Black people just have no hope. It's, it's, it's creating this idea that we're just hopeless. I mean, think about this. Look at things and be more pragmatic about it. Think about it. No, 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 no. Things have to get better. Living life in life in the ghetto, life in the trailer park, life, life, life in life in a ghetto. It has like we cannot glorify these things. We cannot take the life in the ghetto. Being from the ghetto. Understanding the ghetto. How things move, how things, how we survive. Understanding that. You gotta understand anyone from that area. You know, I, I, how, how can you how can you empathize with them? How how can you? I mean, to one one of the greatest things to damage is a mind. One of the greatest things to damage is a mind. How do you compete with a mind of the, of, of the ghetto? That survival instinct. That somehow. I mean, it's it's like the only direction that a ghetto mind that's available to a ghetto mind is is criminal activity. It's it's to get things by any means necessary to create that hopeless attitude. To create that, how do you compete with that? How? How? how what do we do as, as, I mean, as, as older men? What do we do when we look at life in the ghetto? How, with, with, with our survival of it, what, how do we reach back now and try and do whatever we can to correct those little, the little mistakes that somehow we can fix these things? How? Do, if you're from a trailer park, how do you look back at your life and say, okay? How do I fix this for my family for the next man? How do, how do I do that? How do you compete with it? Because some people just cannot be changed. That is just the way of life. Ghetto is just they're going to live by the ghetto, they're going to die by the ghetto. I mean, whenever you think about the options of the ghetto, the only greatest option is what? Becoming a rapper, being good at basketball, some kind of sport. But it's never been advertised to be you know, part of the economy, you know, be a great rocket science. You know, be a great engineer. You know, go out to be a doctor. Yeah, like those things. Like, yeah, those are cute. But if you really want to get out of the ghetto, like, be a be a basketball player. Be a, you know, be a be try to be an actor or something. I don't know. Do something that can get you a lot of money really fast. So, the ghetto life in the ghetto is not the same. Life in the ghetto is growing up. There's certain tools that you're gonna pick up in life. There's certain things you're gonna learn that's a little quicker. There's certain things you're gonna have to survive. And if you survive them. Man, they can be very usable. You know, I would definitely say always use your life and everything that's in it, everything that's around it. It's not a matter of being fair or not fair. It's just what it is. It's your life. But don't keep holding on to, you know, the past. Don't keep holding on to things that are just not worth. They're going to just keep you depressed. They're going to just keep you all angry and upset. Like, listen, be pragmatic about life. Look at life very, very straight on. Don't add too many colors to it. You know, don't, don't just, just look at it and then live it. Just look at it. It's very easy. Live and design your life. Don't get caught up in other people's BS. Don't get caught up in judging folks. Don't get caught up in all that stuff. Listen, live your life. Put yourself first. See everything. Weigh out your options. Don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to take chances. Don't be afraid to, you know, test the waters a little bit. Take calculated risk. Calculated risk, man. Don't just go out there and just be, I mean, if, after a while, if you develop a sense of just, you know, being sporadic, then yeah, but take calculated risk. Think about things like, the, you know, don't put so much emotion into so many things. Like, just sit back and just take a, take, take a breather. Take a, take a breath. You know, I remember... Um, I remember having to pay a credit card off, and I was, you know, I, I just wanted these jeans. I was you know, starting to develop a certain style, and I had these jeans I was going to wear. I'm like, man, I'm about, to, you know, I'm about to get on the dance floor and do this thing, but I didn't have, I couldn't afford it. I was just making ends, just barely meeting, you know, and, but I really wanted those jeans. 
So what I ended up doing, I had the option of paying my credit card or buying these jeans. And my credit card payment was less than what the jeans would have cost. But I would have taken a chance and I put it on the same credit card because, again, when I pay this credit card off, the payments are a lot smaller. So when I got to uh, Old Navy, which is one of my favorite places to shop, I um, got a pair of jeans, and I, my bill came to like $74. And I was willing to take that sacrifice. Okay, I got a new pair of jeans. I ended up getting a shirt. I ended up getting like a, uh, those Old Navy shoes. I'm like, okay, I'm going to rock this outfit tonight. Like, yeah. So it came up to be like $74. And I got in line, and I said, wow, I am willing to sacrifice a couple of hours at work to buy this pair of jeans, a, pair, a, a shirt, and these shoes just to, for a certain look. And I say, you know, I'm going I'm to use an experiment. I'm going to now get out of this line, take that same $74, and pay my credit card with it. I did that for a year. And in one year, that credit card was paid off. Just taking the attitude of, okay, if I'm willing to sacrifice for something that's, that ultimately can, can, can get a stain on it and be ruined, but that's $74 when I'm only making $10, $15 an hour, I mean, I'm going to take my time and give that to an outfit for one night. It's not worth it. So I took that and started putting it towards my credit cards. And that's how I started like paying a lot of my credit card debt down. Thinking differently, seeing the bigger picture, taking your time, thinking things through, putting yourself first, understanding the goal is here. If I want to get milestone, it doesn't have to be a five-year plan. And when someone said, what is your five-year plan? No, bump that. If you can get a daily plan, get a weekly plan, you ain't got to go five years out. That, that's ridiculous. There's no guarantee nobody's going to be in We're going to be here for five years. I talk about... Talk about someone who has life in the ghetto. You don't have time to be planning for five years. Hell, your ass got to plan for the next five minutes. I got to listen. I'm going to get some popcorn. I'm going to get some some flaming hots. I got to plan to be back home in five minutes. So I'm not thinking five years out. Don't have you no five year plan. Have you a start? Once you get that start, you get the rhythm, and you figure out that rhythm. And yeah, this is going. Now you can start thinking a little bit ahead because now that 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 spark that you lit has momentum. You can have a five-year plan, and you can start that five-year plan, and in five years, your ass is still where you, where, you, where you started. So, no, no, no. Having a five-year plan, I think it's just when you're from the ghetto, when you don't have that certain, that step-by-step attitude, you got to be more resourceful. You got to get things a little quicker. No, no. Have a five-minute plan. Have a five-hour plan. Have a five-day plan. Have things planned out systematically and just accomplish small things until that snowball gets a little bit bigger and get a little bit bigger, and then the terrain changes. Then you can just you could just go. You know what I mean? Stop thinking that you got to be in a race for everything. No, think ahead. Think things through. Grasp hold of this thing. You live one life. One life. We don't get a second shot at this thing. And if you can survive it, man, I'm telling you, use every experience to promote your next step. Think ahead. Put yourself first. Everything about you. Put yourself first. Life in the ghetto teaches you so much. Honestly. I survived it, and I'm actually thankful. I am, I am so thankful. Listen, I would never want to do this again. <laughs> I'm going to tell you flat out. Being, <clears throat> being from the ghetto, I would never want to do that again. And honestly, if, 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 you are, if you're still living there, listen, by all means, if that's where you want to be, you know, survive the way you survive. I don't, know, I don't even know what to tell you. But for me, I would never want to do that again. I would just never want to be in that position again. So if you can survive it, but I, I would definitely say all of those experiences, all of those make me who I am today. It helps me to be compassionate for those who don't have. It helps me to, to be driven enough for those who do. It helps me to chase after the right people. It helps me to mimic my life around the, the right people. It helps me to, but to, to be comfortable around anybody. Like, just being from that area helps me to see life so much differently. It helps me to see the little spoiled-ass kids. I'm like, well, you, you, you lucky life. Giving you the circumstances giving you it's help it's helping me to give, build a whole a whole piece or piece together a whole lifestyle That I can just be very comfortable in just being approachable, you know being being friendly and, and being nice and, and and not having to look over my shoulder the whole time Like just being comfortable and just knowing how when I do get in a situation where I got to look over my shoulder Just knowing the signs it helped. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for that, you know, ghetto upbringing, you know, what I mean, I'm thankful for it, but in all things, you use things to your advantage. For me, I chose to use ghetto life to my advantage. You know, having to fight all the time is cool. I'm going to channel all the energy into the octagon. I'm going to channel all the energy into learning martial arts. I'm going to channel all the energy because I, want, I, I see where that lifestyle can land you. And then spending a little time in jail, I see that's not really where I want to be. 
So, but that aggression, because that's where I'm programmed. I'm programmed for violence. I'm literally seeing violence all the time. So violence is in my head. I'm literally programmed to see everything through the lens of a violent neighborhood. So I have to learn how to manage those emotions, manage that, that type of attitude. I have to learn how to manage it. And I've chosen to get into the octagon, to hit a punching bag, to, to put that energy into something instead of doing damage to my community. Because, again, I see the lifestyle. And there's nothing that I want, that I couldn't imagine being locked up. And then my son calling for me, and I don't even hear him. I can imagine looking at my son through a glass and just seeing how I can never touch him again. I can never look at my wife. I'm, I'm watching my wife hold my children, raising them. I can imagine being away for years, and then when I see my family again, everyone's grown up, and there's memories and years that I've... I couldn't imagine that. I, I just, it, it drives me insane to be away from my children, you know, for, for an hour. <laughs> I hate going to the stove and come, you know, but, but to have those memories with them, to have those memories with my family, to come home free, to be able to cut my yard and just to be free, it's, it's not, nothing can replace that feeling. So I couldn't imagine glorifying the ghetto life to such a degree where now I'm going to compromise this. That's just not what... That's just not where I think a man should be, regardless of where you're from. So I know today it was um, today it was a kind of a last a last minute thing. I had a few things that I was going to discuss, and I really couldn't get into a rhythm. I really couldn't get into a rhythm. Um, there's a few things that was asked of me throughout the week, and I was trying to see what topic I can really roll with and talk talk about. But then there's a series of things that took place that were kind of subliminal. And I started I, I start listening to a lot of people and listening to how they speak and the things that they do and the things that they say and how they, they look at life and they glorify life from their experience. And I noticed one thing that, was, that just bothered me when I interacted with someone who glorified the streets. When I interact with someone who glorified being in jail and glorifying not raising their children and, and, and glorifying just, you know, just not being productive in life. When I, when I interact with someone like that and being from that area, seeing it firsthand, not having to live it through Hollywood, literally being in that area, it bothered me. And I wanted to talk about life in the ghetto this morning because if life in the ghetto is something that we're really gonna glorify, and that's something that we really, I mean, there's no chance of black survival glorifying conditions like that. There's just no chance. We have, to, we have to program ourselves a little differently. We have to be able to channel all that energy differently. We have to take advantage and take back control of who we are. Our minds are very precious and we are in control of them. Stop letting people fill it up with, B, with BS and garbage and, and false hope. No, your mind belongs to you. Use it, think ahead, think for yourself. Put yourself first, use your mind, use your mind. Don't glorify these remedial things. They don't mean us any, they don't mean us any good, all right? So that was one of the um, that was just one of the ideas that I had. So I, I, I just wanted to just talk and just share, share as much light as I possibly could. In the interim, guys, check this out. I got shirts now, man. The Black Image shirts. What you guys think? For you guys that are fit, these are perfect for you, man. You want to show off your tats. You want to show off your muscles. You want to show off your, your, your form. You get you a Black Image shirt. Got the logo on the side. Check that out. Got the face. Listen, I want to think about... Um, for you guys who are rocking your emblems out, you can order yours, and I can have your emblem put on your shirt. But on the back, guys, check it out. My famous slogan, you cannot stain black, baby. The black image, you cannot stain black. Order your shirts, $25, guys. I have large and I have medium. Let me know, guys. I'm thinking about some other slogans to put together. I want to think about some other things. I want to get like the pens. I got the black image pens, black image notepads, I'm, th I'm even thinking about getting some black image Chuck Taylors. So I'm, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think ahead. I'm trying to think, think bigger. All right, I'm trying to get the, the black image pursuing a bigger dream, a bigger goal. So guys, definitely, order your shirts. You can't stain black. Deep V-neck for you ladies, it's perfect guys. It's perfect for you. Be get your sexy on, man. Get your sexy on, wear it. Feel, com feel comfortable in your own skin. Show yourself up in summertime, it's okay. Feel yourself, enjoy yourself. You work hard for your body. You work hard for your body, enjoy it, embrace it. Get you your black image t-shirt. 
Get you your black MS t-shirts. You can't stay black, baby. You can't stay black. $25, all right? Guys, I love you. Until next time, we are back this Thursday, 8 to 10 p.m., all right? Love you guys. I will see you guys next week. Oh, here we go. It's the black image. It's the black image. It's the black image.